Amen. Before we start on this, I think you see in your bulletin uh, something about daring to wear green next Sunday, which is St. Patrick's Day. I double dare you. My pre-married name was McCurdy. Are you kidding? Of course I had to wear green. It's a good day for celebration, so I will if you will. And this story also is a great cause for celebration because it's the ultimate good news. If you've ever wondered if you were ever going to be found, you are. That's the essence of this wonderful scripture. Uh, sometimes we just have to figure out uh, how we know that, how we figure out that we are found. Um, sometimes there's just bad news and bad news, and then there's some good news, and um, we just got to be ready to receive it. You may know that I live away from my permanent home in Peoria. And uh, the good news about that is I get to come to cool places like Florence, Kentucky, and I'm glad to be here. And sometimes at home, I do not hear bad news until it's all over with, which I'm thinking is kind of a blessing, I guess. So that happened last Sunday, um, bad news. My husband, Bruce, decided last fall that he was going to get a dog. And so he went to our wonderful pet adoption center in Peoria, filled out all the paperwork and everything, and then called me and, get this, said, well, Beth, you have to be a reference for me. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's just rich. Why do I have to be a reference? And he said, well, because, you know, you do live here some. <laughs> Are you okay with us having a dog? So, yes, I did. He got the dog. So it was a wonderful, fabulous little dog. Short-haired border collie, sometime I'll bring you pictures. So anyway, the bad news is last Sunday night, the lead is snapped, she's gone. And so my daughter came home about 10 o'clock, she was there for the weekend and said, hey, where's Shasta? And Bruce said, what do you mean, where is she? She was outside. So, you know how it is, what do you do? You get on your shoes and you go running through the neighborhood, Shasta, where are you? So she was fortunately about two blocks away and Nikki found her. And you know how dogs will do when they come back, it's like, oh good, now it's playtime, right? <laughs> oh no, uh, uh So Bruce finally comes in the yard and he being the alpha dog says, stop! So the dog did. <laughs> this is not funny, they said, Get in the house. So Nikki, bless her heart, was so scared and so happy to see this precious dog back again. Come in the house and sit. All evening, apparently. You move a muscle, sit. You know, and the dog's like, uh-oh, I think I messed up here. <laughs> the good news is, of course, she's back. But you know, this is the essence of this kind of feeling. If you've had pets and you know what I'm saying, Oh no, much loved, gone. And the essence also is, yeah, I know it's just a dog, but a much loved one. And just like I know it's just the story of a lost coin, why is somebody gonna mess with finding a dime? I know it's just the story of a lost sheep. Why would a shepherd leave a whole flock to go after one rascal? 
and why would God welcome us? We've just been lost. You know, friends, I think that is the essence of the gospel, is to know that the lost are found, and God is the one waiting on the porch to welcome us home. And it's not up to any of us anywhere to judge who's better, who's not, who's welcome, who's not. Leave it. No one gets to judge the importance of a lost and found episode because, you know, each one of us has something that, oh my gosh, I lost that piece of paper. I'm really sunk without that. And then when you find it, you know, we've been in that spot so many times, we so get the lost and found thing. You know, we really do. But the ultimate is, God is always going to be the one that returns us home. Now, if you'd like to take a look at this painting up here, it's, it's a Rembrandt, and it's the prodigal son. Um, okay, so maybe these are not the clothes we <laughs> usually wear today, but the beauty of this story helps us again to see the essence of where the light is, the ones who get it. The father is the largest figure in this painting, and the son in the most ratty getup you can imagine is on his knees just in a posture of forgiveness, hopefulness. And the father does what any father would is to welcome him home. You see his feet are bare, his shoes are falling apart, ratty clothes, and in that time frame, to have short or no hair was a very, very different cultural thing. Now you see the one, the, probably the two on the right are, represent maybe the Pharisees. And you see that there's two different light things there. The one in front is the one who heard. The one in the back is the one who did not. And the one skulking in the shadow, almost non-existent, is, guess who? The older son. Does he look happy? Oh, I think not. Because it is his Christian duty, or Jewish duty at that time, to judge. I'm the righteous one, I've stayed home, I've been a good boy, I've never done anything wrong. How dare you be glad to see him? Lovely painting. Lots of different versions of that painting out there. But this one, I think, really puts, again, the right light on it. It's so obvious. Oh, my gosh, that's good news. And it is. But you know, the thing that's really hard is for us to give up that J word, the judging business. Because some of us are better than others. <laughs> Get over that. Some of us have the right attitude. Get over that as well. It's hard for us to have to change and get over some of the things that we think we are called to do. Great reflection on one of Barbara Brown Taylor's books by Kay Huey. And she says this, what Taylor does so well is to describe the love of the father who, like any good parent, gives his sons unconditional love, his sons unconditional love, instead of what they have coming to them. If that's not good news to you, friends, let me say it again. 
God and Father give unconditional love instead of what we got coming to us. You know, that's the sort of thing that makes us feel, uh-oh, what you've got coming to you. Mm. I think sometimes that takes us down a whole different road than we need to go because God's always going to love us. God's judgment is pure, and we don't understand all of it. We're not supposed to. That is God's place, not ours. Because God loves all, and God is the one on the porch welcoming us home. I read all kinds of things each week to prepare for sermons, commentaries, essays, and lots of blogs, which is an online journal, if you are not familiar with that. Uh, one that I kind of like right now is called Bite in the Apple by Nancy Rockwell. And she talks about this scripture in terms of feeling that we have, that feeling that we have when lost is found, you know, whatever form that takes. She says, found is an experience that requires rejoicing. And how do you feel when something's lost and found? And how does that happen to you? You may have heard of the uh, relatively new practice of microloans out in the world. Uh, the possibility of finding a future instead of thinking the world is at lost and my family and I are going to die. A lot of third world women have been given microloans. And friends, we're talking as little as $10, $20 to get started on a business that can help provide enough money for that woman to feed and clothe and care for her family. Now, we might judge and say, well, maybe they just don't need to be doing that or whatever. And lost may be found because a future can be found instead of living in lostness. The person that kind of came up with this idea won Nobel Peace Prize. It was Dr. Muhammad Yunus, and he kind of developed the idea of microfinance. But it's the idea of hope and foundness being able to be brought forward. Lots of ways to participate in that. You may have heard of Kiva. There's a whole lot of things burgeoning from this now. Just the idea of sharing $10, which some of us probably could blow on lunch. And that can make a future for someone. That is a way of finding and welcoming another person into wholeness in this life. Lots of ways to celebrate being found. A future, a hope, that whole notion of possibility being found. Maybe that we have a hard time with this foundness because we're not sure we're not the cranky older brother. And in fact, it's kind of surprising that many of us sometimes see ourselves always in that role. See the one skulking in the background there? Mm -hmm. I'm the right one. He's the one that's messed up. I stayed home. Therefore, I, let me stand up on the pedestal, am right. But you know, that doesn't make you happy, does it? Because is this guy happy? No. Cranky is the word the least that we can say about him. Grumble, grumble, grumble. How dare you celebrate somebody being found? You know, that is just the way we are, isn't it? We just can't let somebody have a good time because if it's not us, well, I'm just saying. 
God has such a way of welcoming us. And God gives every chance, every possibility, even the tiniest little slice of possibility that can bring people home to wholeness. And it's not ours to judge. But you know, we see ourselves from every vantage point in this parable, I suspect. And the one word that, you know, is not really used a whole lot today is the word squander. It's in the scripture. And I have a feeling that that's one of those topics we want to just say, Beth, do not go there. <laughs> you want to talk about squandering? Oh, I am so in that boat. I'm sure you're right there with me because we do. It isn't all about money either. We squander affection. We squander or waste relationships. We squander or waste time. Oh my gracious, do we do that. Come to the end of a day and said, well, I plan to do X, Y, Z. And it's not, I didn't get around to it. I just didn't. You've been there, haven't you? I'm hoping. How often do we do that? Now, do we squander money? Well, of course we do. You know, can you go a whole day without spending a dime? It's not very often. I mean, nothing. You ought to just try that this week sometime. It's pretty interesting. No, you don't go buy a bottle of water. If you don't spend a dime, no, you don't go spend 50 cents here and get a soda of some kind. Can you do it? Well, is that wastefulness? I don't know that it's wastefulness. I'm just saying sometimes we just kind of lose track of it, don't we? We squander the love of God by wasting it on judgment of others. So I'm saying that we all have got to figure out what this parable teaches us. And it's not which one we are. And we hope to goodness we're not either one of those sons because one was certainly a rat leaving, squandering all that money. It could have been used somewhere else. Well, you know, maybe that money and that time was used for a good purpose ultimately because he shows up at home again to realize, oh, dad's not going to kill me. And I'm telling you, that's the way it is when you come home with God because God's on the porch saying, oh, I'm so glad to see you. There is nothing else to be said because forgiveness is in that greeting. And it's not up to any one of us to judge that about another person. It is for us to know and say, the good Lord is going to welcome me home in so many ways. And whichever way I need to hear it, Forgiveness is there. Now, there's always a slice that people say, well, you know, he shouldn't go and do that again. Yeah, whatever. Nobody should. Forgiveness, repentance, that turning and going another way is implied. But whatever, every time we mess up, forgiveness is ours. Now, I think that's great good news. Is there another reason to celebrate bigger than that? <laughs> I don't know what it is. The good Lord is going to welcome us home. So all we need to know 
is that when we find ourselves trudging down the last few blocks, the last nickel's been spent, the biggest disappointment in the world is laying on your shoulders, all I can say is that God is the one who's waiting for you. All we need to know is when we've done ridiculously dumb things in our lives, when we've made mistakes, when I've lost our way every way possible, we don't know what to do, we just sit down and God says, been waiting for you, glad you're home. And it's not only that, I am so glad to see you, Woohoo! let the party begin. I hope we go out of here today knowing that God's good news is worth a party. God's good news ought to keep you going for a long, long time. And I hope that you and I can see that, that God welcomes us home. And I think the returning home, the blessing of our lifetime is in knowing either when we stand in the shadows, not too sure we're very happy about things, a father whose heart has just been torn apart for years knowing his son was lost. And the son who's exhausted everything he's got, every emotion, every dime he's got, every idea he's got. Everybody gets the welcome home. I think that's the greatest blessing of our lifetimes. And so we also, as a congregation, are willing to testify to that. And we welcome anyone who would like to be a part of the family of faith. If that's a decision weighing upon your heart that you need to make either today or this week, I hope you let me know that. If we need to talk, if we need to welcome, you know what? In God's name, we're waiting. So may we continue in worship knowing God's waiting on the porch. Thank you.